Welcome, Welcome, guys, gals, and and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Sick. A Yorkie. Two mm. Yorkies. But he wants long hair dachshunds. We're thinking also long hair chihuahuas, but I want to name them Sunny and Cher. <laughs> That's a perfect cold open. Welcome everybody. Oh, I want three dogs and I want to call them Margo, Serena, Pilar, and then I can pretend that I'm Elwoods and these are my lackeys. <laughs> your dog um, is in heaven right now. Name? Bruiser. Bruiser. Bruiser Woods. Bruiser Woods. Yes. <laughs> he loves Days of Our Lives. <laughs> he just loves that thing. Hello. Welcome to our special season. Special season. <laughs> um, this is season five, episode two, Unoriginal Sin. Uh, synopsis is Samantha shocks the girls when she says she's back together with Richard. A book deal pops up for Carrie, and Miranda and Steve discuss baptizing baby Brady. And we are here with my favorite power couple, Sideways 8 Projects and Pop of Apparel. Love it. <laughs> You're so in the new generation that you introduced them as that first. I, looked, I did. Introduce them as their social media handle. Yes. That because that needs, that needs to get done first because yeah. that's important stuff giving new meaning to tag your it yes <gasps> oh. <laughs> okay i love it <laughs> so um this is jesse and mac or Hello. amanda mchenry i think i'm the only one who actually calls you mac but you know what? i love it I love i'm thinking about changing my social media handles from amanda Brittany to amanda mac so yes there you go we, we're here we're yeah. here for the next evolution yes. we're here for it um and so our power couple name is mac and cheese yes <laughs> <laughs> i love it um so mac's been on the podcast before yes yes um, <laughs> <laughs> but jesse welcome for the first time. Thank you. Have you ever done a podcast? I have. I've got uh, quite a few friends that are involved with the local radio station, uh, KWNK 97.7, um, just to give them a shout out. But they, they had me on the podcast when I was going to host the Poets of the Caribbean at Bruca Theater to kind of broadcast that so and when are you going to release your own podcast because the world needs to hear what you have to say well i i don't know <laughs> i don't know i i do love uh voice work mm-hmm. if i could make a career out of voice work that would be wonderful uh we're i'm working right now on the creative outlets of page poetry and uh, photography, so it's just, just poetry about Paige, right? Yeah, yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just poems about Paige. It's a new about. thing that I've never heard of, but I'm here for it. My right my book is scheduled for release at the same time as the one on the show. So perfect before the Jewish Hanukkahs. Yes, before the Jewish Hanukkahs. I love it. All right, so let's dive into this. Uh, who do we want to start with, Joe? Who had the least amount to do? Uh, Charlotte, I feel, but also maybe Samantha? I think Samantha, and then we can tie Charlotte in with the other gals. Okay. 
So Samantha um, is back together with Richard Wright, who apparently cheated on her by going down on some other lady, which they visualize yeah, God, three times. Not? Ugh, yucky. I hate that gesture. It's like so... It's so like middle I don't know. school. It just like makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's not great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Richard apologizes by giving her a canary diamond, which is the worst oh, kind of diamond. It's so but ugly. it was gorgeous though. Was I mean, so any diamond that good. size is gonna be stunning. But I, I agree. It's one of those where you can you you can tell how much it costs by how ugly it is. Yeah. And by how confident someone is like, who cares? Can you afford this? Exactly. No? Then exactly. shut your mouth about taste. Right. Yep. That, that's fuck you money. That's what I've learned watching the housewives is like the uglier, like the more you're like, that person has so much money. Look how ugly all their things are. The less are. taste look how, you have. Like look how fucking tacky <laughs> all that stuff is. Did you tweet about that it. recently? Um, I pretty much tweet about Housewives every day, so I'm so wrong. When are you releasing your Housewives podcast? <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. There are quite a few Housewives podcasts out there, though. But and I listen to none of them, because I don't, I don't know. Because you're too busy I making just, your own dreams come true. Yes, yeah. The biggest little Housewives. Oh. Ooh. That sounds like another midget one. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. That's a good turn. Stacey Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been on the podcast before? Two. Yes, and she didn't even listen to her own episode. And she oh doesn't no! Listen, so she won't hear this either. God, I love her. God bless her. Um, so yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty much all Samantha does. Is there anything that she keeps holding it over Richard? She does, and yeah. it's very yes. Annoying. Like if you're gonna take him back, then take him back mm-hmm. and move mm-hmm. on because you're just gonna keep creating you know drama and bullshit yeah. and drama yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah you have to come from a place saying i am willing to let this go right i am willing to start again and give you the benefit of the doubt yeah not just here's my ring okay cool but at any single opportunity i want to remind you that you fucked up right because and like i think that in i don't know a like a cheater if he's already cheated on her before she's gonna hold it over his head like that the whole time and keep reminding him of it He's just going to go and do it again because he's like, well, she's already expecting it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no expectation, you know, yeah. for better behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of addressing what potentially went wrong for him to cheat, they're just addressing the cheating and how shitty <laughs> yeah. it is instead of just fixing problems. And it didn't even seem like, I don't know, like she got back together with him. Like, I could understand her attitude if it was like, well, I'm just here for the sex because the sex is amazing. But I didn't get that from watching this episode. I don't know if, you know. Yeah. And it seems so weird because whenever she was talking to the girls, she was saying, it's fine. It was just cheating. Who cares? That's not even real. It's just sex. Like, I wasn't that betrayed. But then she goes and talks with Richard. And then the entire time she's like, I can't believe you fucking cheated on me, you piece of shit. <laughs> Garbage, dickhead, motherfucker. What's what's your problem? Yeah. So it's it's her also not being able to come to terms with it. And then I had a friend who told me recently that there's a process to forgiveness and it's you forgiving yourself if you're the one that made the mistake and the other person forgiving you. And once you forgive yourself, once you say I'm sorry, once you think you've atoned for what you did wrong, but the other person still wants to hold that against you or still hold that grudge, that is now their journey. Mm -hmm. And it is part of their journey to learn how to let go. Mm -hmm. And even if you've done everything you could, you can say, hey, I've apologized enough. This is it. I am done. 
You can say that. And I don't think either of them are giving themselves the opportunity. Richard can't forgive himself, isn't forgiving himself. Samantha's not letting him forget. And it's just not helping either of them out. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it feels like that's just going to go nowhere fast, mm-hmm. you know? Fast. This yeah. is only eight episodes this season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything goes by fast. <laughs> They'll probably be broken up by the next by episode. By next episode. <laughs> yeah. That's not how it works. <laughs> uh, anything, anyone else want to weigh in on Samantha? Well, I, I haven't been as familiar with the show as a whole. So I'm just going off the one episode. But it seems to me like the pervasive theme of the episode is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because we're dealing with the baptism of the baby. And we're dealing with the infidelity in the relationship. Uh, so I'm just wondering how often the entire episode in all of its subplots has one pervasive theme. Is that fairly common for the show? Uh, they usually try. They never, well, almost never succeed. Um. <laughs> sometimes it's very shoehorned. Yes. Okay. So like, oh, yeah. here's the theme. Oh, it's about love? Okay, well, Carrie bought a new pair of shoes that, and she loves them. Isn't that love? That's right. love, right? Yeah. right. That's the theme. before you reach that. Okay. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but that also makes sense because then also Charlotte's process is having to kind of learn to forgive herself for everything that went wrong to be able to move forward. I like that too. I didn't Mm -hmm. recognize that. Thank you. Nice. All right. Let's move on to Charlotte who is losing all sense of like wanting to be in a new relationship. Like she's close to giving up it seems like Um, because she's trying too hard. Uh, She's going to like self-help guru seminars and talks Carrie into going to one um, and just says that she's like trying and she's out there and the self-help guru is like maybe you're not doing it enough <laughs> which is so unhelpful yeah <laughs> I have I would n- have never seen a self-help group that says mm, I don't think you're trying like, hard you're enough. just not trying hard enough. right like, not even let's drill deeper into this what exactly are you doing yeah but yeah. no she's just like well maybe you're just a piece of shit sorry bye yeah especially <laughs> when it's something like trying to be in a relationship because mm-hmm. I feel like that place that it seems like her and Carrie are in where it's like you're what did she say scraping the bottom of the barrel and you're like mm-hmm. you've dated all the people you've gone through all the people in your phone that you've dated previously and then you're like what the fuck you know mm-hmm. but you like what am I trying to say here it's hard when you know, like, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing, like, you know, you feel confident. You feel like you're not in a desperate place, but you're starting to get in that desperate place. So then you're desperate to not be desperate. Mm-hmm. But you're like, I just yes. want, like, a little attention. I just want a little connection. And there's, like, nothing generating. And so then you start to wonder, well, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Like, who am I? Where am I not going that I need to go? Or like, you know, and it's not helpful for somebody to be like, oh, well, you just don't love yourself enough. Like, like you know, well, and how do you even, yeah. like, that's something that's completely unfixable. You either love yourself or yeah. can work on that yourself or not. Well, and especially mm-hmm. if one of the reasons you don't love yourself is because you feel like you can't connect with somebody else and so you just kind of feel that innate like brokenness within you Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so it's like you can love yourself to a certain extent but when you want to share your love with somebody and you can't then it's like 
Yeah. Well, and you, you only... have no, you can't love yourself more. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah. You can only get so like you do need. We're pack animals. We need, you know, everyone supporting us in whatever way. And it, I actually kind of felt that a little bit too hard when Carrie uh, was talking at breakfast, like in the very first scene about how she was writing. She didn't know what she was writing anymore. Um, and Miranda's like, I read it every day. And Samantha's like, well, sometimes I don't have time for you, sweetie. <laughs> and like, I, I faced that a lot where I've almost gotten to the point where I'm not really doing any writing anymore because the writing that I tried to do and tried to like put out there, people didn't read. And so I was like, well, maybe I'm not great at this mm-hmm. and sort of like put it away. Like we need that. We need somebody to read it and be like, that's really good. Or you could work on this or whatever. And but some sort of constructive yeah, feedback. Right. Yeah. Some kind yeah. of feedback at all. Just to know that somebody's right. that they're on a level. Um, it's, it's hard to move on without a, a core of that to love yourself without at least one other person seeing how awesome you are. Mm. Right. And not on like a relationship level, just on a basic level, just on like, yeah, even, I mean, every single time I get somebody who says that they listen to this podcast, I'm like, Oh my God, thank you. That's so exciting. <laughs> like, I'm so glad we're not shouting out into the void because sometimes into it feels like nether. that. Yeah. But it's, we do need that a little bit. And I think mm. we can only love ourselves so much without that feedback. Yeah. Do you find that you both get that kind of feedback from your artistic or emotional projects? Um, I tried to. I'm at a place right now, though, where I, like, I know what I want to do artistically, but I want to find, like, new ways and new outlets to do that. And so I'm kind of at a place where I'm, like, I need certain elements of validation and I need that like you were saying that pack mentality where mm-hmm. other people can like confirm and you know brainstorm and be like yes that's a great idea or no that's like not don't do that um but yeah I agree or no I don't agree what am I saying <laughs> <laughs> I agree that I don't agree I agree that I don't agree. no but I do get I try to get emotional validation mm-hmm. and all that from you know doing shows and having my own business (laughs) i i would say that for me individually i the thing that struck me about the episode specifically that we watched that insofar as how it pertained to my life is that i essentially couldn't disagree more with the self-help guru (laughs) uh the self-help guru her mantra seemed to be you have to believe to receive. And the two greatest loves of my life, which is which are both relationships, one is a relationship with God and the other is a relationship with my wife, both of those only entered into my life when I had absolutely no belief and I was the lowest I have ever been and I had effectively already given up. There was not necessarily a glimmer of hope. There was not necessarily a glimmer of faith. Uh, There was absolutely no optimism uh, in regards to when both of those relationships 
entered in and those relationships entered in and I felt like I had a chance in lo at love not after I had moved beyond my brokenness but when I was essentially wallowing in my brokenness both Amanda as now my wife and God I believe entered in and used that brokenness in all of its realness in all of its rawness in all of its honesty and made that shattered, broken mosaic into a beautiful stained glass piece that now exists as a testimony to love. And so I, once again, just couldn't disagree more with the self-help <laughs> guru. That's so interesting. I'm on the opposite flip side of that. Okay. Um, how so? Where I, where I don't disagree with you. I just think it's interesting how how things decide to be in our lives at what given time. When I first started dating my boyfriend, I was, I said, I'm going to put myself out there, but I'm ready to have like seven failed relationships that are garbage, don't mean anything, or are super superficial, or happen for like a week and a half. And then the universe presented me with this perfect lovely boy who, who needed to learn some things on his own, but it was able to help me learn a lot of things. And is still by my side today. We just celebrated our three-year anniversary, which is significantly longer than I thought anybody would like me. But thank you. <laughs> but it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm going to open up the window a little bit mm -hmm. to get some air yeah. venting. And then I got a fucking tornado. Gotcha. And I was like, oh, man. Well, I'm glad I did that. That, that seems super <laughs> cool. But that was me deciding, I think I'm ready to try this out. Yeah, you just have to leave the door cracked open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You, you just have to not latch and lock the door. Yes. And it, that was very difficult because me having the door slightly open, I said, okay, this is just for me. This is for, No one can come in, Yeah, but this is just for me. And then my boyfriend like kicked his way in and started singing. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then slowly, slow, just me being terrified, not ready for this big of a relationship was like, okay, please stay in the living room. I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah. I'm going to be in this other room. Right. I'm going to keep getting rid of doing these things. And then challenges followed me wherever I went. And it was very nice. And he, any walls that I try to build up, any ways that I try to protect myself and secure myself or hide myself whenever I try to be mean in order not to get closer. And when I distance myself in order to protect myself, there was just so many lessons that we learned together that made it okay, made me less scared. And I was like, this is fascinating. And as much as I tried to fight it after I opened the door a little bit, it just... I couldn't stop it. Yeah. Mm. And it's amazing how, like, relationships and people come into your life like that just unexpected. Mm -hmm. Because those are always, like, the most meaningful. When you're just like, wow, where did this person come from? Like, how did this happen? Whether it's, you know, relationships or even friendships. And it's, I don't know. I love when stuff like that happens because it's beautiful. And it's like, okay, that is definitely a wink from, you know, God or the universe or whatever you want to call it but mm. i always think that you know that's always like fate and destiny and like meant to happen and mm. timing is everything and mm. all of that that's why i'm a big a big supporter of telling your hopes and dreams and desires to the universe totally i cannot say if it is real or if it is not it has worked for some people it has not but for so far for me it has worked in every yeah. capacity where i'm said okay i'm ready to maybe look into a relationship and then i got a three-year relationship so far right. And then when I'm ready to do some different projects, I say, mm, wouldn't it be interesting to do a podcast? And the page was like, hey, let's do a podcast. Yeah. And we are about to do, we just celebrated three years or we're going to do three years? Well, this is being sh 
filmed, filmed, recorded, <laughs> out of order. So technically speaking, we've already, I think we've already hit our three years by the point of this airing. Yeah. When I was ready to do theater, the utility players came into my life and then brought me into that world. When I was ready to do film, I was brought into that world. So it was just me saying, these are cool things that I would like to do. Yeah. And the universe has been like, okay, bitch, all right. Ask you say you're ready, let's do the things. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. See, and I'm so just not attuned. Like right now, I'm just like, oh shit, did I leave the door unlocked again? <laughs> You don't have time to manifest things into your life right now. No, I don't have time for that. I'm like, oh, did you want to have a date with me? Well, that's cool. I know I'm on a dating app and all, but like, I don't have time for you. Well, just remember to lock your physical doors and leave leave the metaphysical doors unlocked. Man, that's it. That's it right there. In today's world, you you need to lock the physical doors, though. Yes. (laughs) Um, So let's move on to Miranda. Yeah, Miranda. Uh, Miranda. Uh, Steve comes to her and says that he wants a little baby Brady baptized. It's too many bees. It's too many bees at one time. <laughs> I alliterated the fuck out of it. Um, and Steve's so cute because he was like, "My ma really wants it." And she was like, a "Ma, you didn't have a mother when we were seeing each other. Where did she come from now?" And it's like it's that's so true. The parents come out of the woodwork when you become parents, I guess. <laughs> Um, and Randa asked Carrie to be the godmother, which Charlotte does not like. Um, but yeah, that's basically, they, they go and, and Miranda, like, Miranda, very much like just wants, okay, no mention of Satan, no mention of anything, <laughs> like basically a la carte this baptism. She goes through it like a lawyer. It's yes. so real, funny. Yeah. She grabs that pen and then the priest is, the priest, the priest, the, the papa, sure. the father, uh, the clergy person? The clergyman. The clergyman? And she just picks up that piece of paper that says, this is usually what we go through when we do a baptism ceremony. She's like, mm, no. No <laughs> reference to hell. No reference Cut to Satan. Yeah, Take the, this out. The red sharpie was yeah. acid rain on the packet that she was yes. presented with. <laughs> and I was like, of course she did it this way. What other way would Miranda... Uh, yeah. But she, in spite of that, she was the one who twofold... I believe stepped out in faith in love the most uh, because she had enough love for her husband to acquiesce to what he was suggesting, even though she didn't believe it herself. And she had enough faith and love to ask her best friend to be the godmother, even though her best friend didn't believe in herself. So she stepped out twice Mm -hmm. in love that was interesting for me to watch even though she was reticent to accept the the text of the baptism script, she still stepped out the most in love. And perhaps, um, was it Charlotte at the end mm-hmm. that said, I, maybe they'll be fine. Maybe they'll get... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Charlotte, like there yeah, was a few moments maybe, where, maybe there, where there was that optimism in mm-hmm. the... Within, you know, little drops of optimism in the pool of cynicism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that she's, I think Miranda is my my go to person as far as just cynicism in general. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, I had a baby out of wedlock, whatever. Um, <laughs> like, it's fine. You want to get it baptized? I guess, whatever. <laughs> like, sure. So the the whole way that I would be having a child, but she does. She she works hard, but she loves hard too, and I don't think that this show shows that enough. Mm-hmm. Um. 
but she does step out for her friends and relationships, even though I guess at this point she's not really in a relationship with Steve. Mm-hmm. I guess they're just co-parenting. But she, it was something she didn't have to do, and it's brought to their attention, and it could have easily gone one way or the other. Which like, well, I don't believe in baptism. He's like, then it's just water on our baby's head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that could have easily been... Fair. That could have easily been, well, if I don't believe in it, why go through the process? Why do something so artificial? Mm-hmm. Versus, okay, I don't believe in it, but if it matters to you, we can still do it. You are right. Right. This, if I don't believe in it, this could just be water, but if it means something to you, mm-hmm. if it makes you feel more comfortable, I'll do it for you. And that's where... Yeah. The difference could be because easily I could see Miranda going either way, but that's where she shows how much she loves. Mm-hmm. Which, like, if this will make you happy, I can set aside one Sunday and we can just do the ceremony, mm-hmm. right? And then good comes from it because then she's able to help Carrie feel better about herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ugh. Ugh. we don't deserve these girls. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, these girls are garbage. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking cunts. Okay, I'm tired of them. Yeah. Um. So we ready to move on to Carrie then? Carrie. Carrie. Carrie as... Can I just uh, mention a quick thing that we heard? Sure, do it. Um, they are... So Miranda does all the crossing out and everything, and it is very... It's very much... Sure, the church will accept you on your terms. Mm-hmm. And then I forget it was Carrie or Miranda. I think it's Carrie that has the line, the Catholic church is like a 36-year-old desperate city woman. Mm-hmm. They'll get their hands on whoever they want to, or whoever they can. Mm-hmm. And then all of us just look at each other like, all right, who's going <laughs> to tackle like, that that's, one? That's quite the burn. We don't have to tackle it. I just wanted to say it. Just to acknowledge <laughs> that. Acknowledge. That it was said and they were on it. Before Spotlight, there was sex in the city. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Carrie has a lot of hot takes. Mostly, just sort of is has like an offer of a book deal, but mostly flits in and out of everyone else's story. Um, She does. I I have a note that says she said good looking guys are bad at sex because they never had to be good. And I was like, whew. I mean, that's been my experience, but I don't know if that's universal. How do we feel about this? Um, <laughs> I don't Jesse, know if I have a solid frame of reference, personally. <laughs> I've, I've had people that thought that I was good looking, and I've had people that thought that I was a freak, and, and <laughs> everywhere in between. But uh, every last one of them thought you were good at sex, so. Well, I, I don't, you would have to ask them. I don't, I don't know. Okay, so live on air, we're going to call up everybody that Jesse's ever right. slept with and ask them. If you're listening, the number for the hotline is... 867-5309. Area code 775. Don't forget I don't no, because I don't feel I feel like I've been blessed in that department and haven't really had like bad sex ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I also never like had that many partners. So I also you know don't I don't know. <laughs> I can't confirm if that's true or not, but I could see how that's true. I like it. I like the fact that you think you can get by on your looks. You're like this is good enough. I'm a god. Well, like, then depending the if you're like you know big or not, then it really doesn't matter because you know. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they're too big, then it really matters. Oh, then that matters a lot. <laughs> that matters a lot. I feel like that's less of a problem, you know, in reality. Guys <laughs> like to think that's a severe problem, but it's not. Every guy's like, what, am I, what if I'm too big? What if I'm too big? Oh, and then you're like, mm, listen, I mean, these adapt to a small child. <laughs> there have been a couple of experiences that I've had where I've been like, that's not coming anywhere near me. I'm sorry. That is. It that's too big. You need to move it. along. Thank <laughs> you, Are you dating yeah. NBA players? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> I apparently just have this really wacky affinity for guys over six foot tall. Brendan Fraser in yes. Bedazzled was <gasps> the NBA player. <laughs> I want to give 110%. You want to give 100%. I think we did My good dad references that specific scene like so much. I don't know why. Growing up, I understood the concept of the devil, but I didn't understand what the devil was. Right. But then I see Elizabeth Hurley, and I'm like, I want to be her when <laughs> I grow like, up. But I have to go there. <laughs> Whatever her job is, mm. I want to be her assistant. Yeah. She's is she yes. is she working in an office? I'm like, she's the devil. I'm like, okay, cool. I think I saw an ad for that on ZipRecruiter. <laughs> Perfect. I'll submit yes. my resume right now. Nice. It's a teen. <laughs> it's a teen. It's a teen. <laughs> so Carrie and her book deal. So yeah, Carrie avoids her um, her boss at the New York Star because she thinks she's getting fired because she's writing about French fries, which is accurate. She should be fired. And she runs into him on the street and he's like, no, there's people that want to offer you a book deal. She's like, wait, what? And <laughs> she meets with them and it's Molly Shannon and I think Amy Sedaris, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Uh, so mid-90s, perfect. Which like, I immediately am mad perfect. that we never got a spin-off show about them. Because it could have been Broad City before it was Broad City. Oh my god, but yes. But about Molly Shannon and Amy Sedaris being young professionals in New York City with a publishing house. Like <laughs> It's younger meets Broad right. City. Yes. Yeah, Broad City should be thanking them for, for breaking that ground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but they they tell Carrie that she needs to pick a bunch like pick like ten of her articles and then have like a beginning and end to tie together the theme. And she's like, the theme that this is my favorite articles. And they're like, oh, bitch, you're so basic. No, so basic. <laughs> you have to have a theme running through these things to make a cohesive book. Which if you've ever read. Sex in the City, the book that was a, a collection of her articles, is garbage. It was really bad. They, she did not loop together anything. It was just a whole bunch of trash, and I can't believe this TV show came out of it. <laughs> Honestly, it's so wild. She's trash a good from trash. What do you mean? <laughs> she's a good writer. To be fair, all of her other books, um, Kenneth Bristol's books, are great, but. Sex in the City was not. It was her them. first, though, right? Yes. Yeah. So it was just. Well, a- it was literally a collection of her articles mm-hmm. where she made up names for her friends and talked about being out and being single in New York City. Mm-hmm. When my articles get published, I'm not changing any of your guys' names. Okay. Please don't. Please I hate don't. when people do that. I love my name. <laughs> um. So yeah, she's offered a book deal and. Charlotte does keep calling her cynical, so she goes back and forth the entire episode about is she, you know, optimistic or pessimistic? And I think you can healthily be both, but she is like too worried about being cynical. 
She has nothing else to do, so she can only latch onto one emotion at one time. That's true. She's writing about French fries, so clearly she's got nothing to do. Well, but that's a good example of how I believe the guru was wrong, because Mm -hmm. when Carrie is literally feeling like she's going to be fired and hiding, Mm -hmm. because she feels as though her creation is that unworthy of acceptance, that's when she gets the biggest break, perhaps, arguably, the biggest break in her career, and therefore her professional creation gets the most love. Mm-hmm. It's true. So mm-hmm. I don't know who the guru was, but I'm not attending I'm not attending her <laughs> webinars, her seminars, or reading her book. No. Webinars. I can't trust anything because her hair was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It was she, early 2000s. She had that early 2000, like, attempting to be the Josie and the Pussycats flip, oh. but didn't make it. Instead, it was like, can I speak to your it's manager? It's the professional Josie and the Pussycats. Yes. And we know that that doesn't work for several reasons. <laughs> I rocked that hairstyle for a very long time. Me too. <laughs> love, love. love it. Um, and her, she doesn't say I couldn't help but wonder in this particular episode, but the closest that she comes to that is asking, what's the harm in believing in love? There's a lot of harm there. Yeah. But there's also a lot of benefit there. High risk, high reward. Well, I guess it depends what each person's definition of love is because, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, the, I mean, you know, it, it, you ask that question to Ted Bundy's victims. What's the harm in believing in love and believing in somebody that uh, feigns injury for the sake of uh, violent control over another human being. So there are the people in the world that are uh, not just borderline between optimism and pessimism. They're just full-on wicked incarnate that are going to take advantage of those who believe in love. Uh, However, I believe, maybe I'm more of an optimist than a pessimist, that there are more people who will help that love or that belief in love or leaving the door cracked open that will help foster that and help uh, that flourish rather than just trying to take advantage of it. Or like in Samantha's case, Samantha, right? Mm -hmm. Is the one with the cheating boyfriend? Yes, Samantha. The harm in believing in love in something like that is if you're going back to an unhealthy relationship, but you go in it in the name of love like i love this person you know that could be really harmful because you're going into something toxic rather than actual loving i believe in small love which is big love but i don't believe in just the concept of unconditional big love because like from my experience with when i left the door open and then someone kicked their way in (laughs) As much as I wanted to, I was like, no, let's do small. Let's keep this very tiny. Let's not do this big, bad. And it's just worked its way out. Mm -hmm. So I think when you believe in small love, it can help you out. But big love, big love is the ones like, love can change the world and do all these things. And if I love someone who hits me, I will will love them enough and I can change them. And that's where you get your problems. Or Mm -hmm. if I do this, if I do this, if I give so much of myself to someone else, things will get better. And sometimes they don't, and that can very hurt. That can hurt very much. But if you say, "Here's what I'm willing to give. Here's what I feel comfortable with. So if I lose this, it's okay." But 
The part that the mic <laughs> might not be picking up is that our dog Finn is beneath the broadcast table snoring away. Snoring so he cute. is the best, and that's where I'm willing to give my big love. Right. <laughs> I believe in him, His and dog. I believe in Yeah, that's perfect. So pretty. <laughs> well, it takes a co- I don't think it's just a, a single note. It takes the chorus. When you just said what you said, I thought of the the lyrics in the Michael Franti song, Gloria, where he says... Uh, when many little people in many little places do many little things, then the whole world changes. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, the idea of being, if every person is just open to that little love, then together it creates that big love. Mm-hmm. I believe that's with God's help. Somebody else might have a different take on it, but uh, we just have to be open to the little love because then the change does occur incrementally over time. Okay. Thank you for listening to Delilah Radio. <laughs> Shut up. This is the most profound thing that I've heard, and I would never listen to this podcast. <laughs> I think it's been recorded on this podcast several times how much I don't like that show. <laughs> I think we've talked, we've hated on how it so hard. Delilah? Yes. I hate her. I do. Which I might have said it in the past that I probably do. <laughs> I just think her advice doesn't work. Well, I think she gives big love advice. It's very, yeah, generic, and you're like, yeah. okay. Yeah, and it's it's the your love isn't doing enough work. I don't think you're trying hard enough. Kind of advice. I'm like, but here's a boys to men song. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. I'll make love to you. (laughs) You want me? There you go. Meet someone on their level. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was Finn. That was not my wife. Yeah, I always ima- imagine Delilah, like, right before her broadcast, she goes and, like, robs a Panda Express of all of their, their, their fortune cookies. And just as it just goes, she's like, you know open. what? Here's it. Like, it's an improv game. You know, she just pulls out the piece of paper and she's like, well, you know what? Try again later. <laughs> Here we go. Here's Boys to Men. I would kill it at that. Someone's like, uh, my husband hasn't been home in three days. What do I do? I'm worried. You know, wherever he goes, where you are, man. And you just have to be okay with that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I dropped my phone off it. <laughs> I would kill it as an advice guru. Okay, like, how do you find love? You just have to open it your eyes, dude. You. <laughs> it it finds you. That's like the, the improv comedy approach to relationship building, which is like you literally break the fortune cookie open on stage, as you said, yes. and then you, you don't even know what the suggestion is going to be until you read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know what I love about you? <laughs> The way that you light up a room in bed. (laughs) (laughs) And then sometimes you get the gurus that give you the advice like you're looking at the wrong side of the fortune. You're like, my thing I need to do to find love is favorite numbers 4, 8, 19, and 32. What is that about? That's where like carries that. Right. It's so great. So yeah, I don't think there's any harm in believing in love. No, but I think that there is action that needs to follow up with it mm-hmm. to be valid. And I think you can practice safe love, where in the case of those women who wanted to help out Ted Bundy, they could have said, you know what, this is a little sketchy. What I can do is maybe come back with a group and offer some volunteers at this year. <laughs> right. I still want to help, but also given the situation, it seems like it's very unsafe for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to take care of me first mm-hmm. and then help out the world. Right. You, gotta have, like, you, have, you can love, but with boundaries. Yes. Someone explained to me unconditional love, and the way they explained it, I understood the concept of what that meant, but I was like, I don't think I could ever love unconditionally. That's that's not 
for me. There are definitely conditions. There are definitely ways that I need to protect me, the people around me, yeah. before committing myself to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be very difficult for anybody to be like, I will I'll love you forever. It will be great. What if I chop off your leg? Will you love me then? Right. What if I chop yeah. off your leg? Will you love me then? Probably. <laughs> Unconditional Jesse James. This has the been only Delilah Radio. <laughs> only one I'm too that. old to look back now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so I'll just have to approach. If, I'm, if I end up with Kathy Bates from Misery, I guess that's just kind of my lot in life. Yes. <laughs> you can rock that <laughs> Okay, that was a bad example because that would be kind my of new. a fantasy of mine. <laughs> Either her or Helen Miller, Mirren, one of the two. He is so hot for Helen Mirren. Oh, and Betty White. Should and Betty White, too. Oh, my God. That is for public even, record. You should have so seen great. him watching My the three Oscars hall passes. When... Betty White, Kathy <laughs> Bates, and Helen Mirren. Yes. <laughs> when Helen Mirren and Jason Momoa walked out together oh, on the Oscars, shit. I have never oh. seen him so jealous. In oh, my, my dear Lord. <laughs> He's that so was mad. magnificent. Well, the only the only entities, and I won't say people, because the only entities I've ever known that have exhibited unconditional love walked on four legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never known a person that was able to pull that off. That's fair. And with that, closing thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to bring up Carrie in her book. Okay. Um, so Carrie tells Charlotte that Miranda asked Carrie to be... Miranda's son's godmother. Ooh, I was trying. Well, I was trying to use a lot. I wanted to use a lot of pronoun, pronouns, but it's all women, so I'd be like, "She asked her she. to be her child's grandparent, but yeah. not her." Right. Yeah. Um, and then Charlie gets upset, and then Carrie says, "Oh, you wanted to be the godmother." She's like, "Well, no. I mean, yes, it would be nice, but I'm more upset the fact that you don't care, yeah. and like you're mm-hmm. you think it's not important, and it, it is. You're you're a spiritual advisor for this child. You're supposed to be there for this child, and you're playing it off like it's a joke, and it's very upsetting." And I thought that communication was very beautiful because I think I I agree with some nope Charlotte Charlotte here where if you are saying yes to being someone's godmother godparent whether you are involved in religion or not that is a step that is someone saying hey I believe in you this much mm-hmm. which is what Miranda says to Karen when Carrie says she can't do it she's like I don't believe in I don't know if I believe in any of this but I believe in you yeah mm-hmm. and that's your friend saying I care about you this much that the way that I'm bestowing it upon you is letting you know. That this child that I love more than anything else in my entire life and being, I will trust you with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should anything happen to me, I will trust you with my child. And that that is a very, very big responsibility to take on. And you can't just treat it as a joke and assume that everything's going to be fine. Because that's not right. what it's about. Yeah. And then when Carrie's working on her book, she's trying to figure out what her... No. What? What? Dedication. dedication. Who she's gonna dedicate to? She like these are. This is to all the single girls who still have hope in New York City, looking for love, and especially one to Charlotte. Oh fuck! And I didn't write anything else. Mm. Damn it! But it was so pretty. It was so nice. It was very. It was like you're full of optimism and love and the love. And it was a way for Carrie to say, "Hey, this is my baby, (laughs) and I'm presenting it to Charlotte as a as as a thank you." So it's that that. I cannot. You are the godmother of my book. Yes. Here is your baby. Yes. Yes. And I thought that I thought that was a great way to wrap her up. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. was beautiful. That was. That was pretty pretty. Jesse, closing thoughts. I I would like to recast Sex in the City with (laughs) Helen Mirren, (laughs) Betty White, Mm -hmm. Kathy Bates, Mm -hmm. and then the fourth one I would add would be Meryl Streep. 
Shut up. Who plays who? Betty White's yeah. obviously Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> no, Betty White's already had. She's already done that. Yeah, she's been there, done that. She's been there, done Let's that. Let's bring her back to Can Mary Betty Tyler White Moore days and let her be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's? yeah. Betty White should be Samantha. Okay, Betty White is Samantha. <laughs> Helen, Helen Mirren as Charlotte. No, oh, or yet, or. No, Kathy Bates is a, as a Charlotte. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll give you Meryl. I'm so optimistic. Meryl has to be Carrie, right? I'm thinking Helen is Carrie. Ooh, okay. And so There's so Helen many possibilities. Has. Yeah. There I are. think that, that every episode they should switch. They trade. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> West style. Yes, absolutely. I want Kathy Bates to be the big girl who's the samantha and she's like yeah i just like three dicks beneath this like bar table what's up what's up girls yeah unabashedly just, yeah absolutely, yeah just yes. absolutely just unwilling to accept anyone else's judgment for that this is my funnier die sketch that i will be submitting <laughs> yes. i love it and jesse where can they find you on the interwebs at uh well the most common is on instagram at Sideways Eight Projects, no spaces or underscores, is the most common platform that I'm using for photography and poetry. And that's eight spelled out, right? Not the letter. Correct. Or the number eight. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. E I G H T. Excellent. Huh. All right. Closing thoughts. Mac Tech. Closing thoughts. <laughs> don't get back with a cheating ex unless they get you a big ass diamond. Then do it for at least a week. <laughs> um, but keep the ring. <laughs> keep the ring. Just because you're single does not mean you don't love yourself enough. So fuck everyone who tells you that. You live your life, and that person will find you when the time is right. And that's all I have to say. Cool. And where can they find you and pop up apparel and lots of fun <clears> things? <throat> find me um, at Amanda Brittany, two T's, N E Y. Uh, at popupapparel.shop. Yes. <laughs> and Paige, where can they find us? Um, they can find us at I Couldn't Help But Podcast on Facebook, um, at We Swear on Chanel on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're one of Jesse's exes and you'd like to talk to us about how good he was at sex, hit me up on Facebook. <laughs> 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 or I couldn't help a podcast at gmail.com. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so, so, so much. Um, and as we always say in closing, uh, always, always wear, wear a condom. condom. <laughs> <laughs> it's not stopping. It's not stopping. <laughs>